What would it take for you to drive down Three-Legged Lady Road? And then we travel back to the Renaissance to take a look at the story of when a very famous philosopher comes face to face with ascended alien masters today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys are having lots of fun, staying warm or cold, depending on what environment you're in. It's freezing up here. Before we get started, let's go ahead and welcome in one of our Thanksgiving live stream donators. Coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now, give it up for Allison's Wake. Woo! Come on in. Yeah, Allison's been waiting a long time for you. That's not, that, that's actually true. Allison's Wake, when they made the donation, they said, please don't put me on any gross episodes. So, so it's taken a while. It's taken a while. This episode should not be disgusting. I'm sorry, you pervo out there who was hoping it was another one of my disgusting episodes. There's not many, but I think for the people who, I think for the people who don't like them, one is too many. But Allison's Wake, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, I totally get it. Trust me. Just help spread the word about the show. Tell your friends, tell your family. We got flyers you can print out in the show notes, post them up around town. Anything you can do to get the word out really, really helps out a lot. It really does. Allison, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider. We're going to glide out of Dead Rabbit Command for our first story. We're headed all the way out to Mississippi. Before we get started, I want to say this real quickly. I'm currently recording this episode. I'm, I'm freezing. I got my neighbor's televisions blaring really loud and other neighbors working on the car out in the garage. They're good people. I really like my neighbors. But the reason why I'm telling you guys that, I'm making excuses for the poor audio quality. I'm, I'm telling you, I know a lot of you guys are like me. A lot of you guys have projects that you want to do. The time will never be 100% right for you to get started on that project. Start it. Start it now. Start it now. It really, really will change your life. This show has changed my life, and I things weren't perfect when I started it. I had three jobs. I worked seven days a week, and now I was able to quit two of my jobs because of the money I make from this podcast. So, I mean, you just get started when you can. And like tonight, I could wait till tomorrow or whatever to record this episode, put it off. No, I can't, right? I got to do it now. I've learned to just do it now. So again, sorry for sometimes poor audio quality, but guys, it will never be perfect. Start your project now. If you're waiting for the right time, you'll never get started. A little PSA. I get to write this episode off as a tax deduction now that he said that. No, I'm just joking. I really do mean that. Allison, glide us on down here into Mississippi. Specifically, we're headed to a road, Nash Road which is outside of Columbus, Mississippi. This is a like a rural road. I mean, it's paved and everything like that. It's not made for goats and covered wagons. It's a regular road, but it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. There's lots of trees everywhere. It looks like a pleasant drive during the day, but um, we're here. Obviously, if we're here in a paranormal true crime and conspiracy podcast, it's not a pleasant road all the time. This road is Nash Road. Legally, that is how the government recognizes it, but locals call it by a different name. Three-legged Lady Road. That might be the, that might be the most descriptive term 
for this legend. It's interesting. This is one of those urban legends that crosses over into a possible haunting. What's true? What's not? We're going to take a look at all this stuff. Three-legged lady road, though, leaves very little to the imagination. It involves a three-legged lady. But which three-legged lady is the question we're wondering. There's more than one. There's more than one fortune for this phantom on this road. So apparently, according to locals, I'm sure they get into very loud arguments at the local tavern over this. Some people say this place is called Three-Legged Lady Road because of the story of Rose. A long time ago, there was a young, beautiful girl named Rose, and she lived in the area. She had two legs. She had two legs at this point. And she's just growing up and experiencing all the wonders of Columbus, Mississippi. All the great sights and sounds of this place. But unfortunately, there is a group of Satan worshippers also in Columbus, Mississippi. So a group of Satan worshippers are living in Columbus, Mississippi. It doesn't say exactly where they live. I wonder if they just rented out a townhouse and all of them were like roomies together. But whether we don't know what their living arrangements were, but we know what their deading arrangements were because they like to kill people. The Satan worshippers grabbed Rose and they wanted to use her for a satanic ceremony. So they took her out to Nash Road and during the ceremony, they chopped her up. Well, what happens is Rose's mom realizes Rose isn't home and she starts to worry about her. And she's like, oh, maybe I'm just being a worrywart, but I hope all of her limbs are still attached. So she begins to kind of drive around looking for Rose and apparently law enforcement gets involved at some point. This becomes a missing persons case. And whether or not the saint worshippers have infiltrated the local police department, you notice that all the cops also live in the same townhouse. We don't know. We don't know the specifics of that. Really, what we know is that Rose had no luck in finding her daughter until one day she was driving down Nash Road and she found her daughter's leg sitting on the side of the road. Not very, not very good saint worshippers if they can't clean up after themselves. Apparently, she found her daughter's leg, and that was the only piece of her daughter that she found. And I don't know, again, like if the cops were corrupt or people didn't believe her. I mean, it's one thing to say my daughter's missing and for the police to go, ah, she probably just ran away. It's another thing to show up at the police department with your daughter's severed leg and be like, this is my daughter's leg. And them to be like, oh, maybe she ran away. Maybe she hopped away. We don't know. And then not investigating it. But apparently... Rose was executed by Saint Worshippers. She was chopped up. Mom finds the leg, and to this day, if you drive down Three-Legged Lady Road, you may see a grieving mother carrying her daughter's severed leg, walking through the darkness, sobbing silently, hoping that someday she can finally find the rest of her daughter and save her soul from Satan's grasp. That's a pretty good story, right? Urban legend goes, that's a pretty good urban legend. However, is it, it, this is where you become a philosopher. If a woman with two legs carries a leg, would you ever call her three-legged lady? Or would you call her nor normal grieving mother with the severed leg of her daughter, Road? So there's actually another version of this that is more grammatically correct. Apparently in this area, there is... Actually, I shouldn't say apparently. This is true. You can do Google Earth. I'll have a link in the show notes. You can check it out. You can drive down this road with the with the camera van or whatever it is. If you look at Google Earth at this location, it does show that this used to be a church. Like, it's actually marked as a church, but when you go to Street View, it's just rubble. 
So I think Google Earth might need to update their descriptions there. But it is known as, it was known as a church at one point. Nowadays, it's so creepy because I'm sure this place is fairly popular with, you know, kids and teenagers and stuff like that. There's a yellow lawn chair just sitting there in the middle of nowhere, right? This is really down this forested street, road, highway, whatever you want to call it. Road. <laughs> road is what it's legally called. But you'll see the ruins of a church and there's like a yellow plastic chair sitting there which somebody set up. Maybe Three-Legged Lady. We'll find out. So Three-Legged Lady. This is the more grammatically correct version of the story. What happened was before this church became rubble, let's go back in time where the church was actually a church, there was a woman and her husband who lived in the area. You have a lot of farms in this area, and this story, I think, is supposed to be implied to take place sometime in the like 1950s or something like that. You have this woman, we're going to call her Margaret. Margaret is married to Sam, and they are deeply in love. Margaret, every day... Just loves waking up next to Sam and being like, what a beautiful morning. I got both I got both my legs. Just checking. And Sam, he's such a hardworking guy. He's so handsome. I love this guy. And her love for him was so deep that it could complicate things in the future, right? Sometimes someone can love you too much that you think, hmm, if I ever cheat on this person, <laughs> dozens of people may die. But Sam doesn't get that get that little recognition in his noggin because he does cheat on her. And apparently he cheats on her a lot. She puts up with it for a while, but he's constantly playing the field, literally, because they're all farmers. And one time she actually just has enough of it. She can't, she can no longer bear the love of her life sleeping with other women. So she kills him. And after she kills him, she decides that I always want a piece of you with me. So she could have taken an ear, right? Made a necklace, like some sort of psychotic soldier. She could have made a nice charm bracelet out of his teeth. You know, maybe taken off his nose and kept it in a little music box. But since this is called Three-Legged Lady Road, you know she didn't take any of those suggestions. She actually chopped off his leg... And then, in a feat of engineering that no one explains in this story, she was able to sew his leg onto her. Hence, she truly is a three-legged lady. She's walking around on two legs, and then sticking off of her left hip is the rotting leg. <laughs> a rotting man's leg. I don't even know, like, she'd be super unbalanced. But maybe she'd be like a weeble wobble. Maybe she, as she starts to tip over, that left leg would kind of help her. Probably not. It was probably super disgusting, very smelly, and I'm sure she immediately got an infection. And I'm glad I'm talking about this story scientifically as if this is possible in any way, shape, or form. So now Margaret has murdered her husband and is walking around with a quickly decaying leg sewn to her. And people in town start to get kind of suspicious. They start to think, hey, it's weird no one's seen Sam lately. And then it's weird that his wife has an extra leg. <laughs> Maybe we should put two and two together. And some people did at the local church, the aforementioned ruins when it was a real church. The people there started to really start to think something was up. <laughs> Again, because guy's missing, woman has a new leg, it smells like rotting flesh, and she's very coy about the whole thing. She's go, what, this? Oh, no, I was born with this. I had this the whole time. Mandela effect. And they're like, what the world's Mandela effect? Who's Mandela? Anyways, the church people say, you know what, Margaret? We're going to turn you in. We actually think you murdered your husband. 
you weren't born with the third leg. We're actually going to turn you in. The church people all decided to turn her in. But first, let's go to church. <laughs> this was all on a Sunday morning. They converged on her house and they said, we're going to turn you in. And then the church bell started ringing and they're like, oh, we'll do it after church. So all of the people who were accusing her happened to go to this church. And as she watched them go into the building, she goes, aha, the perfect plan. As everyone who knows my crime is in that building, I'm going to barricade the door shut and I'm going to burn the church down. And she did. It's a pretty easy plan, right? She seems to be batting a thousand at this point. She burns the church down and everybody dies. All of them die. So that's kind of the end of that story. There's no part where, like, the police surround the house and they're like, come out with your legs up. And she's like, you'll never take me alive, coppers. She's, like, shooting at him and stuff like that. Or, you know, just regular legal stuff like her getting arrested and standing trial. And they're like, we're going to have to take that leg off as evidence. And she's like, no, I was born with this. It's a Mandela effect. And the judge is like, what? So to this day, some people say as you're driving down Three-Legged Lady Road, you may see a literal three-legged lady just walking down the street. Her body is normal, and then a rotting male leg strapped, not even strapped, stitched into her. She's walking down the street. Now I'm going to ask you a couple questions here real quick. What's more terrifying, really? Driving down the road and seeing a woman walking carrying a leg. You're like, Jason, they're both equally terrifying before you even say the other one. Or seeing a three-legged lady walk down the road. Now, you could be born with three legs and it could be a, like a birth defect. So that's not necessarily creepy. You're not going to be like, ah, and run away from someone. But if they had three legs because one of them was the leg of a murder victim, right? So that's, that's, that is not a birth defect. That is a mental defect. The fact that you thought you could get away with that. What would be, who would you want living as your roommate is a better thing. Because if I say driving down the road, you're just going to hit the gas pedal and get out of there. You are renting out your apartment and there's two people. And if you choose neither one, then both of them live with you. One is a grieving mother who's constantly carrying around her daughter's severed leg. And so, like, she's like, it's your turn to do dishes. And she's, like, setting the leg setting the leg in the sink. And she's washing the dishes and putting them in the water with this severed leg. And you're like, ah. Or your roommate is a homicidal woman with three legs. And it's, like, this big, hairy, muscular man leg. And she's, like, sitting on the couch next to you all the time. And she's trying to play footsie with you and toes and skin are falling off. Which one's worse? Which one's worse? I don't have an answer. I don't know which one would be worse. I think they'd both be equally terrifying. If I had to choose between the two, actually, I think I would choose the mom. Right? Because at least then you can maybe, you can maybe hide the leg when she's at work. You could probably send her a psychiatrist and get her some mental help. But the woman with the three legs, she's a killer. So I think that's kind of, it was kind of a waste of time for me to even pose that question. Everyone's like, Jason, if you're asking me who would I rather be with, a grieving mother or a homicidal maniac, I'm choosing the grieving mother. Anyways, I love this story. It's so weird and specific. Like a lot of times we have crybaby bridge and that's where you can hear the sound of children crying underneath the bridge there is a crybaby bridge in almost every country like it's so common because surprise surprise when water is running over rocks in the middle of the night it can make weird noises it it's so specific it makes me feel like there is a ghost here that has three legs whether or not she's carrying one or it's attached to her it's such a specific road like we've covered roads maybe it's like clifton road and that's the official name of the road and that's 
The, that's what the name of the ghost hunters call it too. But that's where you can drive down that road and you'll see like a phantom hitchhiker. We actually covered one recently about a phantom hitchhiker. It wasn't even called Phantom Hitchhiker Road. It was just called The Road. They didn't even have a, a name for it. This one is so specific. Three-Legged Lady Road. That's the term that local superstitious people, ghost hunters, use. So why would you have such a specific name if you hadn't seen that phantom there? Because a lot of the, I figured originally it was an urban legend set up because there's a burnt down church. And then a big brother was like, well, you know why that church was burned down. No. Well, let me tell you this totally creepy story that's going to disturb and ruin your childhood. But this is so specific. It's weird. All of the urban legends revolve around a one. I just told you two of them. There's other origin stories, but revolve around a woman with three legs. What if it's an urban legend? Did someone come up with the name first and then? Backright, the urban legend? Was there an actual phantom scene there at some point that was distorted in some way and looked like it had three legs, so it slowly got the name Three-Legged Lady Road? Is there any historical truth to any of these stories? Out of all of them, I think the most realistic one is the mom carrying the severed leg of her daughter, right? And it could have not even been a satanic worshiping thing. It could have been like a car accident or something like that. Just this horrible real life tragedy that became an urban legend. Who knows? Super mysterious. I mean, I guess you can go find out when your new roommate comes knocking. I'm here to check out the new bedroom as they're walking in with a severed leg. Allison's wake. Let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We are leaving behind. This listener's apartment, <laughs> now that it smells like decaying flesh, we are headed all the way out, too. As we're headed out there, I want to do a really quick Dead Rabbit Recommends for this movie that I absolutely love. And I could go on and on talking about it, but I'm not going to because i got to keep it quick. I saw this movie just recently. It's directed by a guy who does, like, asylum films. He used to do, like, Playboy videos. This movie is neither of those things. This is actually one of the most clever movies I've seen in a long time. It's called The Man from Earth. And it's directed by Richard Schneckman. It's a dialogue movie. You may call it a, you may call it a drama. I'm a big action guy. I like explosions. I like sci-fi. I like horror. And this movie is sci-fi, I guess. But it takes place in a cabin. Not a cabin in the woods, not like a spooky, like a cabin that people are living in. And the setup is this. This college professor is leaving. He's decided to quit his job as a college professor. He'd been working there for the past couple of years, and he's going to move on. And he invites a bunch of his friends over for... Actually, he doesn't invite them over. They crash. They show up at his house because they're like, hey, we heard you were leaving, and you didn't tell us. Why? And the guy, his name is John, he says, well, you know, I don't normally tell anyone this, but I'm 50,000 years old. And the movie is this brilliant set piece, this brilliant play of words between him trying to convince them that he is 50,000 years old, but he doesn't really even care if they believe him. And them constantly asking him questions. And it's laid out so perfectly. I'm a big action movie fan. And the conversations were like fight scenes. Like you would feel the like a particular conversation start to culminate. And then it would hit the climax. And then you would have that denouement. And then someone else would ask a different question. And you would feel the dialogue. Beautifully written film. Beautifully acted film. 
It's so weird. It, it's such an interesting film. Dead Rabbit recommends The Man from Earth. They made a sequel. I haven't seen it yet. I heard it's not very good. But The Man from Earth is definitely like one of the best movies I've seen this year. Hands down. The Man from Earth. Dead Rabbit recommends The Man from Earth. I like how Allison's Wake, I just realized this has not to be on a gross episode, and I just spent, what, 15, 20 minutes talking about severed legs rotting slowly. But Allison's Wake, let's go ahead and land this Carpenter Copter here. We are currently in Milan, Italy. It's August 13th, 1491. And this is actually a really good segue from that The Man From Earth movie recommendation, because this is kind of the same, but apparently this is a true story. It was a summer evening in Milan, Italy on August 13th, 1491, and Fazio Cardano is sitting at his home. Now, Fazio was a philosopher, a mathematician, uh, he was a professor, and he studied the occult. So if anyone was going to meet aliens, this is the guy. I'm not discounting everyone else who's had an alien story, but they always say, like, we should have brought a poet up to space. Like, all these technicians have gone up there. All of these highly trained astronauts have gone up there. But if you could take a poet who can actually express in such beautiful language what it's like to leave the planet. Like, we should have brought a poet. An old saying. Fazio's that guy. Which I'm also almost for sure I'm pronouncing his name wrong. Waka waka waka. Fazio is there. He was a personal friend of Leonardo DiCaprio. Not him. He was a personal friend. Totally different story. That does involve time travel. He was a personal friend of Leonardo da Vinci. So this guy ran with a good crew, right? He wasn't a slacker. On August 13th, though, he was just chilling at his home. He had a long day of philosophizing, and he goes, I think I'll stay at home tonight. And suddenly, in his house, he realizes he's no longer alone. Seven men just appear. They just appear out of thin air. He described them as majestic men. These figures inspired awe in him almost immediately. He said they were wearing bright colored flowing robes with sandals. Very, very functional. Actually, now that I think about it, how come they weren't wearing like sneakers and stuff? Because nowadays, if you saw an alien, they'd be wearing... Wait, no, they don't, they don't wear sneakers anyways. You see a reptilian coming after you and he's wearing Air Jordans. But you know what I mean? Like, that's interesting. They're dressed in the clothes of the time. I never even thought of this as I was putting these notes together. Anyways, they're wearing bright flowing robes. They're wearing sandals. And they have on Greek tiaras, which I don't know if that's different than normal tiaras. I tried looking that up and just got 100 photos of regular tiaras. They had black hair. They all had matching black hair. And he described them each of them as just being very beautiful beings. Wherever they'd come from, they were quite the lookers. He says they all appear to be 30 to 40 years old. There's no word saying that they're aliens or they have giant eyes or they look like frogmen or anything like that. These guys definitely appear to be human. And they've appeared in front of Fazio... So let the questions begin. This is one of those stories where the human is just asking questions of these alien beings, and we're getting these pretty interesting answers. He asks, you know, who are you guys? <laughs> he's picking up his cane. He's about to beat these seven guys he broke into his house. He asked, who, who are you guys? Who are you guys? And they said that they are men composed of air, whatever that means. Like, yeah, you know, 
even though he's asking questions and they're answering them, a lot of their answers are weird, right? I guess I never expected Aileen to show up and be like, oh, I'm from Michigan. But, you know, he asks who they are and he goes, we're men composed of air. We are just like you in the sense that we are born and we die. We do have finite lifespans, but we live to be up to 300 years old. Like we can live much longer than the normal human. And that kind of started this conversation they're having. Uh, Fazio says, we spoke of philosophy. We spoke of life after death. Like, where does this journey take us? And they were very, very specific about the transient nature of man's existence on earth. This is just a moment in time for you. There is life after death. But this physical point between a beginning and yet another beginning. This is just a little way stop. An interesting thing that these aliens told Fazio is that nothing singular to a human survives death. So all of your quirks, your personality, everything that makes you, you, dies. You survive, but all of the things that are only part of you dies with your physical body. Fascinating, right? Like, fascinating. Is this true? I mean, is this true because these beautiful men are telling Fazio this back in the 1400s? Does it mean more than any philosopher before or since or science or religion or anything like that? Who knows? But... In this, in, the, in this story, that's just a really, really fascinating concept. Like, who I am, Jason Carpenter, with all my passions and all my faults, die with me. But the soul of me continues on forward. Because I like my passions, and I like my quirks, and I even like my faults. I try to work on them. But, you know, even the stuff that I've done that I've messed up doing are part of my experience. So very, very fascinating thing. And and Fazio says they talked for three hours. This conference where I'm not going to read you three hours of questions. Unfortunately, we don't have three hours of questions. Now to think about it, I would have loved to read you a three hour long conversation between a human and an alien. And I'd love to listen to that as well. But they talked for three hours. And this is the, this is the, one of the most interesting concepts that I've come across lately. I love this thing. It's both frightening and enlightening. Fazio asks, what is the nature of the universe? Right? These are big questions. We covered a story about a farmer who got fed pancakes by an alien, which I'm sure they were pretty funny eat alien pancakes. But when you drop a philosopher who studied the occult and who is an introspective and extrospective person, going to have better questions, right? Then can I eat your pancakes? Fazio asks, what is the origin of the universe? And for the first time in three hours, these seven aliens disagree. Apparently, most of them were of the belief that God created the universe. I always find it fascinating when aliens talk about religion. Most of the aliens say, well, the origin of the universe is that God created the universe. But two of the aliens disagree. And one of the aliens, the tallest of the aliens, says that's not true. God, well, it's kind of true, right? But not quite true. God, this is dope. This is so awesome. He said, God creates the universe 
constantly. I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, every minute God creates the universe. Every minute, every moment, God is creating the universe. And you're going, so he's making it bigger? Is it, is it expanding? No. The universe basically blinks out of existence every single moment, and God reignites that flame. It's this constant rebooting of a computer, in a, in a way. And that's how we perceive time and movement and things changing. Moment to moment, God creates the universe from the beginning to the end of that moment. And then the new moment starts and he recreates the universe from the beginning to this new moment. It is a constant work being built brick by brick. But each moment the wall is cleared and the entire wall must be built once more with another brick added to it. And if at any moment God hesitates, God stops, God blinks, reality ceases to exist forever. What an interesting way to think of reality. Um, let me source this story real quick. I got this from Albert Rosales' Humanoid Sightings Report, which is a resource we go to a lot. He got it from Jacques Vallée's Passport to Magonia, which is one of the key books in UFO literature, especially when it talks about the paranormal or extra-dimensional origin of alien life. Jacques Vallée is kind of the 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 um progenitor of that theory really he's definitely made it more popular if he didn't create it himself i i'm more of a jacques valet style believing in aliens than thinking they're coming from alpha centauri i think there's a lot more evidence to say that they're extra dimensional or um like that right but i'm not completely soured on the alien coming from other planet or anything so but to source that there this story is coming from some pretty legit sources Fascinating. I, I mean, I don't. I again, I don't think I'm going to do the story any more justice if I just drone on and on. To be honest, I did just do ten minutes of just rambling, and I edited it all out. But I just love this story. I wanted to share this story with you. I mean, it, you might be incredibly disturbed by it. You're like, oh, great, Jason. Now something else I got to worry about: God burping one day, and then all of us just disappearing because he forgot to recreate it. Uh, I find it absolutely fascinating. It's. The the idea of a trained philosopher sitting down and talking to aliens. I really wish we had more of this conversation, but we don't. I guess it, I guess we got the best we could. This famous philosopher sitting down with aliens, and actually now to think about it, I wonder if this happens more often. I wonder if more aliens visit people who can ask these questions, but we don't hear the stories. I just found this story. Right? Maybe there are a lot more stories out there of these great minds sitting down with greater minds from another world and having these conversations about life, about the nature of things. And maybe we haven't uncovered them. Maybe those stories have never been told. Maybe those philosophers heard truths that they didn't think humanity was ready for. Maybe sometimes it is better to keep the deep truths of the universe hidden and feed the rest of us 
space pancakes. Maybe that's all the truth we can actually digest. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great day.